Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Rimer Balls in the Air podcast, where we talk about golf, life, and pretty much anything I want, because it's my show. You know, you get a show, you get to talk about what you want. This is my show, so I talk about what I want, with who I want to talk to. And this week, I'm thrilled to be joined by uh, a good friend, uh, a friend who um, has strong opinions on a lot of things. Most of them are wrong. <laughs> That's what kind of friendship we have. Jeff Shackelford uh, loves this game as much as anybody I've ever met. We have a lot of debate, uh, and he is not afraid to hold back his strong opinions. And uh, sometimes we actually do agree, but most of the time we argue. But you know what? At the end of the day, we still have a lot of respect for each other. And I think that's based on the fact that we both love this game. We just come at it from different directions. And it's one of the things I think that gives golf um, such a wide appeal to so many people because there's so many opinions in golf. And uh, there's not really a right or wrong. It's just how you feel about it. But without any further ado, Jeff Shackelford of the Quadrilateral Newsletter. If you don't get it, you should. He keeps you up to date on everything that's going on in the major championships. And, of course, JeffShackelford.com. And he's also a heck of an author, uh, in particular on golf course architecture. He's the authority on George C. Thomas. If you've ever heard of Riviera or uh, Torrey Pines in San Diego, those are both George C. Thomas masterpieces. And uh, Jeff knows everything there is to know about George C. Thomas. So without further ado, here's uh, my buddy, Jeff Shackelford. Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast, where if you have a tea time at 9 o'clock, that means your ball is going in the air at 9 o'clock because we don't run late on this show. We talk about golf, life, and pretty much anything I want to talk about because, after all, it is my show. And now I'm thrilled to be joined by my buddy, Mr. Jeff Shackelford of jeffshackelford.com and also the Shack Show podcast, of which I have been a guest and uh, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on the show. I see you're still talking about your Dodgers wearing the Dodgers shirt. I didn't even know you're a baseball fan, and now I mean, you're still rubbing it in. And, and I'm ready for a new baseball season to start. I'm a Braves guy. I don't want to talk about the World Series anymore. We have a nice team for years to come, if that's any consolation. I told that to Brendan Todd, and he didn't really find that very comforting either. Look, we've been through a lot, Charlie. <laughs> we're allowed to enjoy this. We got to milk this. You just don't know when it's going to happen again. Yeah, so you've we're, been uh, we're pretty proud of the boys and the boys in blue. You've been milking it way too long. So let's talk about golf. And and why is it that you don't like the guys hitting the golf ball very far? I mean, you you are beating the drums about rolling back the ball louder than anybody I know. And and listen, I appreciate your passion. That's what our friendship is based on, and and our passion for the game. But it seems like you get mad when guys hit long balls. Am I right about that? Not mad. No, it's just more of the big picture view of, of what's best for the game. What I actually, Charlie, want the driver to matter. I want the guy who's long and accurate, you know, like in the history of the sport, the best player at the time has always been the person who can generally hit it a long way and pretty accurately. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually think, you know, other than what Bryson DeChambeau's doing, I think that's kind of, been nullified a little bit and i think that's why he stood out because he's kind of gone back to this that old model 
the difference though in his case is that he's just circumventing the rules and outsmarting them and good for him by the way i have all the respect in the world but he's kind of working around the rules and then obviously he's brought a new dimension of changing his body radically and i really that's now the only time i truly get mad charlie besides when we have to find a back tee somewhere on a golf course that's just ridiculous and costs a ton of money and the bill can't go to uh to the people who are causing it mm-hmm. uh is that now we've taken it to another level where we're gonna have young kids and i've already seen it in articles pop up say i'm hitting the weight room i'm hitting the diet that nine pieces of bacon and 14 protein shakes a day stuff and i don't want to see that at all that's never worked in any sport where kids have been forced to push their bodies in fact it's never worked in any sport where we've we've let power we've let uh, that notion of making your body bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, it's never worked. Uh, and then it's not very pretty to watch in my view, but that's a, that's a different part of the argument, but mostly it's about changing good courses, uh, trying to maintain some historical, uh, semblance of, of what is really great skill in golf. Uh, and then also now it's this new component. What happens to the kids if uh, they all start thinking that you got to look like a linebacker to play golf? I recently spent a little bit of time, uh, in fact, interviewed Akshay Batia, and Akshay is 130 pounds. Yeah. 130 pounds. Nope. His, nope. <laughs> his ball speed's 100 to 185 miles an hour. So he's figured out a way to do it without bulking up. I mean, that's pretty high ball speed right there. You think that? And no offense to him, but but do you think his body can hold up for a long time? That's another thing. Careers are going to get short. Windows of needing to play well are going to have to get shorter. Mm. I don't know. I worry. I look at him and I worry uh, too that he's going to have injuries. And do we want? Isn't golf supposed to be different, Charlie? Isn't it great when Corey Pavin and Fred Couples are on the same level? Isn't it fun when? Uh, Tom Kite and Greg Norman are the two best players in the world. I, I love that. I love that we have different people of different heights. I mean, look at tennis now. you got to be over six feet tall, and they've tried to deal with this, but I don't like that. I like golf being a, just a variety of different people and different ways to get the ball in the hole. I, I think it's important, but I still think there's a path to the top without being extremely long. You, you, you talked about uh, DeChambeau. We talk about all the distance he's picked up. It's breathtaking. But when you look at a guy who's basically gone from being 140 to 150 in putting to top 10 in the oh, world yeah. in putting, I mean, we don't. You still got to putt it in the hole. There's still other things you have to do. It's not sure. all about distance, Jeff. No, but it's moving in that direction, and it's not a good sign when uh, guys start thinking, you know what, I got to go get speed in the off season. And then, and from just a tour perspective, again, which is where this is mainly an issue. Do you really want that where, where the, the future becomes guys shutting it down two weeks before a major to get the weight back up, to get the speed back up? That's terrible for the PGA Tour. Um, I mean, I can go through the list of things, the injury element, uh, the idea of, of a certain body type. And I'm sorry, Charlie, Bryson is one off. He's a, he's a very unique individual and he can get the golf ball in the hole. He's always been a good player. He won a U.S. Amateur. Okay. So he knows how to score. And, and and he's unique that way. But if I'm the tour, I don't know. Do I want every guy to become that player, that sort of bulked up tough guy? Uh, it's not a personality that's that's attractive to a lot of people who love golf. They, they get that in other sports. We love golf because the game, the way it's played, humbles you. It brings out a certain kind of person. It brings out 
or at least used to a certain kind of humor mm -hmm. and from a pure entertainment product. I just, I don't know if everybody going that direction, it's cool. Sometimes, you know, driving a part four, but week to week, I think it's fun when we have all sorts of different kind of characters. Are you the kind of sports fan that likes defense? I mean, is that just the way you're wired? Because I feel like most of the time stadiums get full uh, to watch teams score points. Well, all the grandstands are up at the greens where the balls land and they spin and, the, and you see that ball coming in on a shape. They're not putting a lot of big, big grandstands around the tee boxes. So and they don't show enough tee shots in my view on uh, a golf telecast. That said, the shots that make people ooh and ah and roar are still the recovery shots. Okay, Colin Morikawa driving the 16th green at Harding this year, easily, or last year, easily the shot of the year. Great moment. But that's because there was strategy and all these other elements. It wasn't just the sheer power. So I, I'd say the noise, the, 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 the goosebumps. I still get goosebumps, Charlie, at a tour event. When I see a guy control a ball on a green I know that's firm to a pin that's crazy, that's still the thing that, that, that makes my, my, the hair on my arm stand up. It's like, wow, that's where they're different, or the recovery shots. The power, it's just a, it's a thing. And last thing, by the way, the World Long Drive, which I love, by the way, it's for sale. Mm. Okay? Sorry, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it, the numbers say people still love the, the big picture, the courses, the way they attack it. And that's what worries me is that it's it's going to a one-dimensional look, and that's that's not good entertainment. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of that. One of the things that I really like about golf on television is a shot tracer, watching the oh. watching the players shape their shots. And you know, another thing that that's interesting for fans of the game of golf, the LPGA is very interesting in that it more resembles the game that public golfers play that aren't professionals than what you see on the PGA tour. Because when you follow an LPGA event, you're looking at players that are playing every club in their bag. And a lot of people yeah. argue that's more interesting than what you see on the PGA tour. I've heard that a lot. And I'm sure you have too. I, I, I relate more to the, what the, the game, the women play. And that's another thing, Charlie, golf was relatable. Yeah, no, I, I could never, I was a, an iron behind a pro or, or whatever, a, a I couldn't reach a par five. They could, but it was within reason mm -hmm. and you could, you could relate to them more. And if you cut off that relatability, I know there's an argument that says, uh, well, that's why I watch them because they can do things I can't do. I get that. But I think that really is where back to the recovery shot, the spin, the curvature, that's where people go. Oh yeah. They're just totally different than us. The distance. Yeah, maybe. Um, and by the way, the tracer, all the all the surveys that, that they did, USGA and RNA on on distance, the tracer uh, was the number one thing that people love now about golf on TV. Can mm. you imagine, Charlie, if we had tracer when Bruce Litsky played or Ray Floyd or oh. Lee Trevino? I mean, people are. I watched Bubba Watson last year at the Zozo Championship, just just watching him warm up, hooking wedges, hooking sand wedges. I mean. People still go to that spot at Augusta because of the way he hooked that ball, not because he hit it 350, but because of the next shot. Yeah. And if we could get that ball just moving a little bit, oh my gosh, the, the tracer stuff. And, and you'd see the talent and the skill. You would see how they're on another level 
than the rest of us. And you know, it. you've played with those guys, you've moved the ball when, you, when you're in your prime, you and, and it's a great feeling, by the way, too, right? Right? When you when you pull off that one that just goes out and darts. Oh, I had, so I had to do I had to do a lot of that. Let me tell you. And <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time in other fairways. But let, let's just finish with this. And, and unfortunately, we don't have a ton of time. But Let's just say you and I agreed 100%. The ball needs to be rolled back. Um, it's either the ball, the club, a combination of, or some other solution. How complicated is it going to be to do that, considering that so many people talk about all of the legal issues involved and all the intellectual property and patents yeah. and all that held by the golf ball manufacturers, the, the, the golf equipment manufacturers? Is there any easy way to do that, Jeff? I still would love to see the data uh, on what happens if you make the ball a little bit bigger. You know, the ball used to be a little bit smaller over in Britain and it went longer. Um, and if you made the ball just a little bit bigger, I, I, I've had people test uh, Callaway makes the Magna ball. They brought the old top flight Magna back and it does slow down those long hitters and doesn't really hurt the, the average guy. In fact, the ball being a little bigger, it's a little easier to chip. And this is my free tip of the day, not trying to push Callaway product, but the Magna is a great ball. If you got the chipping yips too, that ball looks just a little bit bigger. <laughs> uh, but I would love to see that because that's one where if the ball is just a certain size, it's easier to police and do all that. But, but it's going to be tough, Charlie. It's going to be yeah. tough. If Another you... thing to look into is the size of the tee. If they brought that tee down to two inches, Bryson can't launch it. Tony Finau can't do those 400 yard drives. Um, if that tee comes down because of the size of the head. I don't like solutions like that. I don't like taking away the tee box. I want the driver to be a big part of the game. Yeah. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. Well, in any way you slice it, trying to put technology back in the bag, it's going to be expensive to somebody, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I understand a lot of your points, and, I, and, I, and I'm sort of mixed on it myself. I see both sides of the argument. But as always, Jeff, great spending time with you. Appreciate your thoughts, and uh, thanks you for joining us on the show. All right. Thanks, Charlie.